We didn't even really mention Steve. Steve who? Yeah, I guess we, we should mention that Steve... Steve's still on the podcast. He's just not here today. <laughs> we glossed right over him. We didn't even... <laughs> This is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter 2019. Woo-hoo! Happy New Year to all. Yes, uh, back after a bit of a break. It was a bit of a break. Did you, uh, how, was your, how was your holidays? My holidays were excellent. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty busy? Did you stay in town? We stayed in town, but you know, Christmas Eve, we're over at our neighbor's place, and then Christmas Day and Boxing Day, we're out at my wife's sister's place, and... Then we came home and, you know, just did the eating leftovers thing and updated my computers t- to the latest version of Windows 10 and, mm. you know, you know, so just you know, regular day-to-day stuff it here. Like, so it sounds like you had a bit of a relaxing break. I did. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I found that I found that there was a lot of running around and stuff. I think I had like maybe two days in there where I was kind of like, I just kind of did my own thing. I yeah. read a CSS book and X-Men comics. Wow. And uh, that was it. Played your, played and drank out of your BB-8 coffee mug? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Actually, it's funny. I also got a Chewbacca uh, coffee mug as well. So, Well, speaking of Star Wars, while we're on the topic, I think my sister-in-law was saying that for some unknown reason, she was out shopping and she bought, I think she said, a Darth Vader toaster. Ooh. And I didn't want it, but then after I got home, I thought, I wonder if Rob wants a toaster. Of course I would want a Darth Vader toaster. Well, she may may be Darth Maul. I don't know if she knows the difference. Whatever. Sure. So, yeah? Okay, I'll let her know. Do it. Yes. (laughs) I don't know if it's two slice or four slice or what it is. Doesn't matter. (laughs) If it makes Death Star toast, I'm in. Excellent. Yeah, so... 2019. Can you believe it? I know. We're working on three years. Yep. May yep. of 2016 we started and we're getting we're getting up there. It's exciting times. I've almost got, you know, shows booked to the end of February now. Already? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, wow. I'm working. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some good shows coming up. I'm excited. Uh, anything you want to tease people with? You want to tickle them with a feather? No. Okay, fine. No. No feather for you people. No. One of the things I do want to do this year, and we've talked about it in the past, is I want to get a few more shows on talking about research being done in different disability fields. Yeah. Such as, you know, yeah. Parkinson's and, you know, blindness or vision and uh, that type of stuff, a spinal injury. So we're going to have some shows on that are topical based as well. Yeah. You know what? And I would love to actually do some shows that are topic based again. Uh, we haven't really done that since, since year one, mm-hmm. uh, but I would love to do that because those were always really fun and uh, we learned a lot through yep. those as well. Well, and there's no reason why we can't go back and revisit, you know, the brain computer interface stuff oh, and I see where they're stuff. at now. And Yeah, I love know, that stuff. There's There's even been some news articles now 
well, in the past month, I've seen where, you know, that technology seems to be getting better and faster as well. So, you know, it may not be long before, you know, you're reading my thoughts and I'm yelling at you to stop. <laughs> stop <laughs> reading my thoughts. Get out of my head. Uh, uh, so, yeah, um, it's going to yeah. be a good year. That's right. Well, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, uh, what the hell are we doing today? Today, we are talking with doctor, president, and co-founder of TAP Systems, Inc., Sabrina Kemeny, on the TAP, which is a wearable mouse keyboard device. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They call it, I think another name for it is the TAP Strap. But it's it's basically like, uh, you know, it almost looks like a, like a plastic set of brass knuckles that you, you wear around your fingers, and somehow you're able to connect that to your smartphone and you're able to actually type using different finger combinations. So yeah, it pairs to your, pairs to your device using Bluetooth. So interesting, interesting. This will be an interesting uh, convo. Again, it's another wearable option for people who may not be able to use traditional mice and keyboards. I'm telling you, 2019 is going to be the year of the wearable yet again. <laughs> I, th I feel like last year was, it was the year of Ira and the wearable. Yeah, Ira. Ira really, you know, got some traction and really got out there, and a lot of people, you know, have been raving about it. So, so one thing I'd like to see happen sooner rather than later, and hopefully we'll get more news on it this year, um, is AR and VR in terms of people with disabilities. Yeah, and how it can yeah. benefit them. Because not <clears throat> sorry, it's not a lot of talk about that topic. Um, you know, we've, we've mentioned it in the past, but while well, there's your hint, hint, I'm working on getting a guest on to talk about AR and VR. <laughs> oh, excellent. Look at you go. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, you know what should be interesting this year, too, is that I would think that that Lookout app that Google has been developing should be out this year. Well, yeah, I saw something on Twitter this morning that Neil Squire had posted. So I went back to the article and, you know, it's still the same blog article Google posted saying they were hoping to have it out by the end of last year, right. 2018, and still have seen nothing. Well, you know, that could be a good thing. It could it could mean that they're, they're still baking it. They want to make sure that it's fully baked before they release it. Uh, that's not a bad thing, um, you know, well, but, you know, and I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's got to be out this year sometime. I would think, yeah, you know, yeah. have, being over a year behind schedule, I yeah, and there's other apps, you know, that that do that very similar, similar thing as the Seeing AI app for iOS. There's one called Envision AI, um, which you can get on Android, which works very similarly. So I'd be really interested to get Lookout once it comes out, test it, play with it, and just see how it see how it compares. I think it's going to be an exciting year. I think that there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming out. And uh, well, did you see that it? Um, CES, which is happening next week, Google has expanded their floor space by like two thirds. Really? So they've got a huge showing at CES this year, which to me is hopefully a sign of what we may hear about at Google I.O. this year, because it sounds to me it's going to be more than just, you know, Google Homes, Chromecasts, like they're, I think they're working on some products that they're going to show at CES. We'll hear more about at Google I.O., but to expand, to expand your floor space by that degree, you know, something, you know, you've got to have something to show. 
you know, it's not just going to be your, your Google Assistant stuff. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll have to follow CES. Is it, what is that, next week? Yeah. Oh, there you go. We'll probably end up talking about it next week, I'm sure. Oh, maybe we should go to Vegas. Whoa, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> I'd be down. I'm down. All right. Escape this rain. Yeah. We've got torrential rain today. It's insanity. But it's warm. All right. Well, uh, enough of the small talk. We should get down to business, sir. Business. Uh, hey, guess what uh, this week is? What's this week? World Braille Day. Oh, that's right. Louis Braille's birthday tomorrow, January 4th. That's right. World Braille Day. So for anyone listening to this, uh, it was it's either today or it was last week, depending on when you're downloading this podcast episode. But for us, it's tomorrow. Uh, yeah, World Braille Day. As you said, Louis Braille's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Well, of course, World Braille Day is, is essentially, it's, uh, you know, not only does it celebrate to Louis Braille's birthday, who is, you know, there probably hasn't been a, a more important invention than Braille in the past 200 years. He gave us literacy. Except for Pringles. Whoever developed Pringles, <laughs> that was pretty amazing. And Doritos. Doritos. Oh, Doritos tacos or Doritos nacho chips. Yeah. Oh, I think there's something in them because I could just plow through a I bag know. of those. Yeah. Can't stop. When's Dorito Day? World Dorito Day. <laughs> I'm sure we it exists. Celebrate Robert Dorito. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Um, but yes, World Braille Day is, of course, a reminder of the importance of Braille. Where would we be without Braille? Well, a lot of us who are blind would probably still be illiterate. Yep. You know, maybe somebody would have come along with some way, shape, or form of reading and writing for us who are blind but you know louis braille came up with a code that worked and has you know spanned 200 years you know that's why it bums me out a little bit that we really have to push braille literacy and the idea of braille literacy because uh it's just it's so important braille is is very important i i don't think that especially in the sighted community i don't think people really realize the importance of Braille and the importance of, of Braille literacy. They just think that, well, you know, they've got screen readers, they've got text-to-speech output. Like, why would you want to learn Braille when you can just have something read to you? And they don't really, they don't really conceive of the, the huge difference that it, that it is to experience text through, through, you know, Braille, as opposed to just having something read to you. I mean, it's really like literally the difference between listening to an audiobook and reading a book yourself. Right. It's a very different experience. It is. Um, and I remember when I had sight, you know, I, I love to read, sit, you know, lay in bed or sit, in, sit on the couch and pull out a print book. You know, Hardy Boys was my thing way back when I was a kid and, you know, read a Hardy Boys book. And now, you know, being blind and having to listen to audiobooks, you know, some books will will pull me in and I can experience them like I used to. But at the same time, there are people out there who audio just isn't going to work for and they want that tactile book in their hands. Well, not only that, I mean, there are specifically situations in the everyday world where you're not going to be able to have right. text to speech or a screen reader tell you if you're, if you're looking at signage, for example. Text-to-speech is not going to help you. And sure, I mean, we're, there's technology that is getting better where you could, yep, you could snap a picture of it. It could OCR it. It could, you know, text-to-speech back to you. But I mean, it, it, Braille is such an elegant and simple solution mm -hmm. 
that um, and and why would you not want to learn how to read as opposed to just having things fed to you? I mean, it's it's just a huge difference. And I think that a, a lot of people maybe don't really realize just how important Braille is and how important it is to somebody to be literate in Braille. Well, and I think, you know, one of the key things we're, we're missing here a little bit is Braille is, for lack of a better word, the technology that won't break. Mm -hmm. Screen readers, That's computers right. will stop working or may just stop talking for some unknown reason. You may not have the skills or knowledge to be able to you know, sort that out yourself. You know, labeling devices that you know, have special labels and audio labels may fail as well or you can't find batteries. You know, Braille is, is not going anywhere and is very, very important to, to maintain. Um, you know, even now with today's technology, Braille is still the best way to fall back and remain literate. Yeah, that's right. And it, it, it builds a foundation. You know, all, all this other technology is is great to fill in the gaps or to have on top of, you know, Braille literacy, um, but it's just not a replacement for it. All right. So thank you, Louis Braille. That's right. And uh, we celebrate World Braille Day and your birthday. We'll make you a cake. Celebrate good times. Come on. Well, hey, in, on that note, uh, while we're talking about Braille, uh, I just wanted to, I noticed this uh, over the break, and I wanted to talk a little bit about it because uh, I thought it was it was pretty cool, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's on Kickstarter right now. It's a small little Braille labeler. I thought it was kind of a clever idea. Um, very low price point. They want to sell it for $40. Um, but it's, it's essentially, how to describe this? It's uh, very portable, very light. It's just two pieces of, of plastic, sort of a long rectangle where there are holes that you would insert the Braille pins and you would build the, the Braille yourself using these pins. So you'd, you know, you'd fill in the cells that you wanted, that you needed to to, to um, make up the dots and then you'd put a piece of paper or a label inside that close it up and then press it together to form your braille to form the braille and you can use it to you know uh, make labels um, they're they're sort of touting it a little bit as an educational device they're saying that it's a good tool for kids to learn braille um, sighted kids um, Somebody who's visually impaired necessarily would not be a good solution for, I don't believe, because you have to build the pins yourself. You have to see where you're putting the pins. I mean, I don't know how that would work if you were uh, visually impaired, but. Yeah, that's why I was, you know, thinking I may actually just go online and, and order, you know, put my order in. It's, you know, like you say, $35, $40 for pre-orders and just get one and see how it works, see how it feels, see if it's going to be durable. Um you know, I don't use a whole lot of Braille labeling around the house. I use another way of, of labeling things, but it might be interesting to get one and try it. It looks like the Kickstarter is up uh, at the end of February. No, I'm sorry, at the end of January. So it's got about a month left in it, and they're still a little short um, to reach their goal. I think their goal was 13,000 Canadian, and they're up around eight or 9,000 now. So, um, hey, you know, I would, I would encourage anybody who is interested to go take a look at it. It's, the name of the product is Vrailer. It's like Brailler except with a V. Um, 
if you Google that, um, you should come across it. We'll also, of course, include a link to that in the show notes. But uh, what yeah, the, what does the V stand for? Like, why Vrailer? That's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. But now, Ryan, you were saying that I mean, there are other Braille labelers at around this price point that that do exist. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Maxi Aids, a company in the U.S. that sells adaptive technology products, assistive technology products has um, a braille labeler that uses dymo tape labels those little spools some plastic spools and it has a, a dial on them that you can spin to your letter and then push this button and it forms your letter right um, they're around 40 dollars as well i believe the cnib sells braille labelers as well you can use the old style slate and stylus that a lot of us who are blind and been around a little while you know have used to label things as well so there's other options out there pen friends for you know audible labels sure but, well, i mean you know, the, the you price know, point's right the price point is right and again i guess this falls into it would be a good educational tool because you would learn braille as you're making the labels also these labels that come with the unit um, are clear so that when you put the label on like say a spine of a book or something um you know somebody who's visually impaired could of course read the braille but mm-hmm. somebody who's sighted could still read what's underneath it right so and it would also be good to label business cards uh, all kinds of things so pretty neat little product especially for 40 bucks you can't go wrong um you know sometimes sometimes low tech stuff um, is is the right solution for people? Um, Sometimes low tech is the best tech. You don't need four four thousand dollar a Braille embosser, you know. Nope. Hey Steve, why don't you tell the fine folks about Canadian Assistive Technology? Well, Canadian Assistive Technology is a Canadian-based distributor of, guess what, assistive technology. I would not have guessed that. Uh, Really? Oh, i got to work something better into the name then. (laughs) Um, And uh, we do uh, all kinds of low vision and blindness aids, as well as all kinds of physical access aids and uh, accessible furniture, you name it. Visit our website at www.canastech.com. Rick, let me ask you about this. Chaos Technical Services. Chaos Technical Services. Don't sound so excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Speaking of repairs. We are the sister company to Canas Tech. Um, We do the repairs on uh, low vision devices, uh, uh, reading machines, uh, for libraries, braille printers, and pretty well anything in between. We can be found at uh, www.chaostechnicalservices.com. Joining us today is Sabrina Kemeny, the co-founder and president of Tap Systems, Inc. Well, Sabrina, in, I, I'm Ryan. Thank you for joining us. And in the room, Thank with, you. Me, in the room with me is my co-host, Rob Minot. Why, hello there. Hi, hi. And so we're going to gang up on you. But we're gentle. Okay, sounds great. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I've, I've looked at your website. Everything looks uh, great. Oh, thank you. That's all, Rob. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. I'm taking a bow <laughs> as we speak. Why don't we start with just telling us a little bit about TAP and, uh, and the product? Sure. So, uh, TAP is a, a wearable keyboard and mouse, which basically consists of five rings that you that are connected with a, lo- a nylon braid that you wear at the base of your fingers, like where you would wear rings. Right. And 
it allows you to tap your fingers on any on any surface when you tap your fingers it registers um those inputs and converts them to letters with a text so for instance if i tap the, my thumb on the table i will send the letter a to any device i have connected to it via bluetooth so my iphone ipad tablet um uh, computer, whatever, whatever has uh, has a Bluetooth connection can be connected with the tab, and so it'll it's it's completely tactile. It's uh, you can always feel where your what your fingers are doing, what your fingertips are doing, and so it it makes for a very convenient, fast, easy way to quickly uh, text with people, um, for instance, and um, it's. Uh, <clears throat> It also has a uh, built-in mouse, um, which just works like a regular mouse when you move your your thumb around. The other the other thing that's um, nice for our users that are low vision is that it also has um, all the um, it has taps like specific finger combination for the various voiceover um, commands that one would find in in, in their iOS device. And so this means you can navigate around your phone without even taking it out of your pocket. You can, you know, sort of leave it or leave it in your bag and still be able to um, answer it, do text, whatever, move around with with your various if if you happen to know voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very programmable, so that w- you can you can assign any key on the keyboard to be any uh, finger tap. And uh, this this uh, this is also great for people that are um, you know want to do just like a few commands like uh, use it as a controller a controller device right and, and um, yeah go ahead I was just gonna say I have to ask because I'm an Android user how is the Android support coming along um, well it's uh, we do it's it's limited um, for the uh, it, it, well, all are it works on any Android device. Okay. You could connect this to any any Android device whatsoever. Um, we, uh, in terms of uh, uh, the um, you know narrator, um, we only you know as far as screen readers, we're only supporting the voiceover functions. But it works it works with any Android device, so that's not a problem. The the um, however the there is a limitation for a blind users in that we do have. A learning system called Tap Genius, um, which is called Tap Aloud uh, for our um, Audible-only system, and that is available only on iOS, unfortunately, at the moment. Okay. But um, but that but so if you could just if you can just download that app, maybe somebody you know or somebody has, you know, an iOS system somewhere, an iPad, something. Um, once you learn, once you learn it, you don't need that anymore. You can just use it on your Android phone. Right. And what is the learning process to get a, get up and running? So it takes about one to two hours of playing the game. It's it's really a great uh, system. It's very very easy to use. We, what we do is we divide the alphabet up into eight sections of letters, and each one has a little mnemonic memory trick like let's say one finger down which is associated with a jingle so for instance uh the most common consonants are never trample little sheepdogs n-t-l-s which is the finger trick is two fingers together like fingers your thumb and index with fingers one and two 
two and three, three and four, et cetera. And um, you listen to this little jingle and you practice the the letters. And it only takes about two hours to get through the game. And then you've got your um, tap alphabet memorized. It does take um, practicing about 10 minutes a day, I'd say, for about another three weeks before you're going to get really proficient, before your tapping speeds are going to reach your let's say your QWERTY typing speeds if you're used to, you know, if you have a whole setup that you're used to. Um, but it's uh, it's amazingly fast to get it into cognitive memory, which takes about two hours. So when, I guess when, when you guys first entered the sort of the design phase of this, was it, was it mainly a solution that you saw for, for like for ergonomics or convenience, or was there always sort of an, an accessibility idea behind this as well? Um, no, actually, it was a, it was kind of a, a fun story. What happened is, uh, so it was it was envisioned really because our screens are disappearing. You think of at the time, um, smartwatches were coming out on the market. Google Glass was coming out, right. and so if there's no longer screens and touch screens, where how are we going to input um, and communicate? digitally with our world. So that was that was what was the genesis of like wanting to find this this new way of doing input. And it was just natural to use your fingers, which are, you know, so de- so dexterous. Um, they're so fast and it just became like a really great solution. So in however, we really didn't know anything about um the um accessibility world and um Except that one day I was at dinner the, in the very early in the in the design and the research and development part of this. We were having dinner at, at a friend's house whose daughter has been legally blind since birth, and she was just sitting at the table. We're having dinner and and we were talking about tap. <laughs> and Kira turns to us and was like, "You know, this would actually be good for a blind user, blind people, don't you?" And we were like, uh, the light bulb went off. <laughs> we we hadn't thought of it before then, and and then uh, and it was great because then we actually Kira became a an intern with us and uh, helped us to make it an inclusive device. Um, if not for her, it, wouldn't have, it has like haptic feedback in it, so that you can say you know feel when it's fully charged, and you know we use the haptic for all kinds of indicators. Hmm. And uh, that was all thanks to Kira. So it was, it was, it was great. Well, too, this is a really interesting product because it's one of these great products that it is a fantastic mainstream idea, but it's, it also has some, some pretty major accessibility implications as well. Yes, absolutely. So we're, we're, it's, um, you know, it's it's really been great that it, it it is a mainstream product, and and yet it's it's actually because of the being inclusive, it's actually made it a better product. In fact, like that that same haptic feedback, we use that on the mouse to indicate the like clicks, like the right click, left click of your mouse, and hmm. you know, so it made it a better product all around. The fact that it was you know designed for this. That work that it's good for this market. Now, is it is it mainly um, smartphones and and tablets that you're finding people are are using this with, or or are they using it with with laptops and desktops as well? 
Well, I would say in the in the sighted community, we're seeing more. There's more use in the um, desktops and laptops. I think that for um, our blind users, not so much. It's more of a mobile device okay. because you know if you have your whole setup, it makes sense, right? I I, I mean I, I'm sighted myself, but if I think about it, if I had my whole setup at home that I'm used to, I'm used to it. It's working well. You know, I don't necessarily need to put on the tap. But when I'm mobile, it makes texting so much faster. Yeah. And um, and I think so much easier. So um, so I think that it depends on, on who the user population is, but people are using it for everything. And, and certainly once you know the tap alpha, there's no reason not to use it, uh, you know, with your laptop or desktop. It, it totally works. Um, and so if there's another reason that you, you know, want one-handed input, we also have a lot of people that, that it's not about um, a, a visual um, disability, it's about a um, physical, um, you know, motor skill where right. they, you know, the the idea of being able to use one hand is is very helpful. Well, and certainly for, for helping reduce uh, repetitive strain injuries, uh, I would think that this is, this is a great uh, way to avoid that as well. Yeah, we do. I mean, again, it's, it's anecdotal, but, um, and we don't have like a, a medical case study at all. Let me say that up front, but it does seem like for people that are suffering from the carpal tunnel type repetitive injuries, they are enjoying being able to, to use this. Because it, you can get, you can have a very comfortable setup. So for instance, um, if, uh, if you use a standing desk, it's, I, I find it incredibly comfortable to use um, and very ergonomic where I'm looking at my screen, but I'm, I'm sort of reaching down lower on my desk to, to do the tapping, which comes in at a, at a very nice height for me. So what is the battery life like on this device? So the device lasts for eight hours of tapping. And it comes in this really cool carrying case, which is a charging case. So it, it's sort of the, uh, like the idea of the Apple, you know, ear pod things. Right. It, 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 the case will charge the tap eight times on a single charge of the case. So basically you plug the case in, it's a USB, micro USB, plug that in, and that'll hold up to 64 hours worth of wow. tapping time. So it's 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 really kind of nice because you basically can just you just can store your tap in this case and then you turn on um, the button to charge it and yeah it's very it's very low power so it it really it goes a long way. I'm just thinking about music applications for a product like this. You know you've got what is it seven seven notes on a keyboard A through G or whatever seven chords however you want to say that properly. You've got ten fingers. Could you not somehow incorporate the tap to do music input or composition of some sort or playing? So um, we we do we have some music applications, but it's it's more in the area of control. So I don't know if you're familiar, for instance, with like Ableton Live, which is a way that you can um, do like live looping, and um, musicians use it um, to do compositions. sort of electronically and it's it's uh it's perfect for that kind of thing where you're um it's it's using it more as a controller mm-hmm. um it's for using it directly as an instrument we do have some really cute um videos of people doing using it like a garage band so you can use it 
but that's like more just for fun, not real serious musicianship because there is, there is a latency in Bluetooth when you, um, transmit. And so, um, so it's, it's, it's fine if you're cueing something like also, um, for like DJs, like you want to, you want to, um, you know, um, cue your next song or cue lights or cue something. It's perfect for direct, you know, like my using it as a piano. It's, it's fine for like a amateur, just fun, but not for a professional. Right. Okay. Yes. So, but it is fun. It is. I mean, but you can program it to do anything and people have, and it is quite fun. Hmm to uh you know to, to to use it for or like you know even for for drumming and for you know different um different things there's so many apps out there that that do that and it can, you can just use the tap right for that well i'm thinking about all the accessible games out there as well for you know ios and and, and pcs and how you know using a device like this as a controller would maybe give you even some people more access to these games and entertainment absolutely and um it's uh yeah I can't talk too much about that right now but we're we've got some things in the, in the works for um, gaming and accessibility and uh, it is it is because it, it's a very very sensitive device so um, it's for people that do have limited um, motor um, ability in their hands it's it can be really um, allow them to to you know do gaming in a way that they couldn't before. Now in keyboard mode, basically every single button on a keyboard is mapped to, to tap. Is that correct? Um, yeah. So every, I mean, almost every button there are like, like for instance, there's a curl a uh, special character that coders use. Sure. That's not mapped right out of the box, but it, uh, can be with our tap mapper tool, so because you can custom map things now. Okay. Um, but almost like all the general, you know, punctuation and text and control characters um, are all yes, are all mapped. So you have 31 possible taps, but uh, so with 26 letters. But we do punctuation. We use like double taps. And they're pretty intuitive, like for exclamation, you would double tap E, for instance, you know, so E for exclamation, that right. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they're, and they're taught in the game as well. So they're pretty easy, easy to learn. So, um, so almost everything, not every, everything, but almost everything. But again, even if there, everything isn't, isn't mapped out of the box, it, it, it you can customize it so that it, it would Absolutely. Be. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Hmm. So, you know, if you use your, whatever, I don't know, one of your pot key buttons or whatever, and you want to have that, then you can just, you can just easily, easily program that. You don't have to be a programmer to do that. I'm just thinking, you know, for myself, you know, I, I play guitar and bass and do some recording in my, my guitar dungeon here. I wouldn't have to keep reaching over for the keyboard, or the keyboard on my table to hit the R key for record. I could just, you know, put this on my finger, have my guitar in my lap and hit the tap button or tap my knee or something to get it started and away I go. Yeah, it, that would That's be great. Cool. It's uh, it it is it is nice for that. I'd like to, uh, in a similar way, um, we actually now have a selfie tap, and I like that too. So, because <laughs> I'm always very bad at the the selfie reach thing, but um, but yeah, it's it's the ability to easily not have to like reach over to the keyboard is a great mm-hmm. idea. So you can do it right on your right on your you know thigh. Yeah. You know, it's it's always interesting when I think about input methods. Um, I feel like 
we've been stuck with with the same input methods for for computing for uh, I don't know how many years. You know, how many years have a has a mouse and and a keyboard sort of been the default um, input method, and all this technology, you know, mobile phones and smartphones and have come along and we really haven't been able to... We're crack. still using Bluetooth keyboards and Bluetooth mice. Yeah, we just... So. Yeah, I mean, QWERTY was invented in 1974. I mean, that's, you know, 140 years ago. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's it's really been a long time. And although there have been some, you know, attempts at improvements, uh, the Dvorak uh, keyboard to name something, it never really caught on. But mm -hmm. it is... It, 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 it was invented really also for the keys for machines right to optimize it so that the keys didn't um um bang into each other and wear out and and so it wasn't optimized for humans i mean tap has been optimized for humans the easiest keys are the easiest taps are mapped to the most frequent letters in the english alphabet and it's designed for humans, you know, with first rather than machine first. I love that about it. And actually, that's that that leads me to an interesting question. I mean, when you were developing the product, was was it kind of like a almost a two pronged uh, approach? Because not only you had to sort of get the technology in place, but then you had to figure out, well, how do we actually make this intuitive to people and and make it easy to to learn. Um, yeah, a lot went into the learning of the learning system. We we worked with uh, neuroscientists at Stanford in the memory um, uh, lab there, and um, we, uh, in terms of, um, you know, it's very interesting. It's like if you want to remember something, if it's too easy, you won't remember it. If it's too hard, you'll throw the thing across the floor in frustration. <laughs> so getting the just the right amount of difficulty is very very. Um, uh, important. And so we did a lot of studies on that. We did a lot of dexterity studies to figure out what, what taps are the most, um, you know, um, comfortable. Everybody's hand is really different. Um, it's, there's all kinds of different styles of tapping and with the tap, it doesn't matter. We, you know, you, however you want to do it, you can do it. And, so, yeah, there was a, a lot of uh, research that went into before we, we even, you know, started with the uh, manufacturing or anything like that. There was there was a lot that went that went in just to come up with the alphabet, basically mm -hmm. to optimize, to create a tap alphabet. That was that was uh, happened first. And then, of course, there was the product design as well, which went through its iterations and coming up with a very comfortable um and yet ergonomic and good detection <laughs> type of device. Sure, because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, even each of our fingers on our hand, uh, you know, some fingers are, are more dexterous than others. And so did that kind of Absolutely. play into... Yeah, no, it's it, it's really important. I mean, yeah, and, and in fact, we there are a few letters that are very, very difficult and we we have shortcuts for those because some people just cannot get them so there's actually five difficult letters and there's a shortcut for each of them so for instance the, the most difficult tap is all your fingers down except your ring finger 
So it's it's everything, but with your ring finger up. If you try that now, you'll see it's very hard. That really That's hard. a J. <laughs> That's the letter J, which is the most least frequent used in the alphabet. But since some people can't do it, you can also double tap um, your middle finger, which is I. So you just tap that twice, and you get a J. So you know we have workarounds for the the harder tasks. <laughs> Um, although once you get used to it, it's really not that bad. But um, so, question I was anyway. <laughs> yeah, question I was just thinking about is I don't really know how to phrase this, but is there like a one-handed mode? So, like on Braille devices, Braille input devices. Let's say you want to type a letter J in Braille, you would hit dots two, four, and five. Can you do like single finger inputs and then like another? tap to enter a character so if i wanted to do the letter j i could do my all all the fingers one at a time and then a, a final command to actually enter that character um i think so if i'm following you correctly i mean we, for instance we do have like a command that takes you into a different mode like we have a um a switch command so if you if you hit switch that's how you get into the numbers mode now now you're you know so now your thumb is a one instead of an a um so i think that would i think that because we have that you could do what you're saying yeah so like like you're saying a j is all fingers down except the ring finger so if i wanted to do a j instead of doing all fingers down except the ring finger can i do thumb index middle pinky and then a final character to enter that as a J? Or do I have to do all four uh, Yeah, of those well, fingers? you don't even have to do the final character because, I mean, you can you can change the mapping. So if you want a J to be something different, you could make it something different. Like you could make uh, your own alphabet. private alphabet, oh, okay. <laughs> in other words. Huh, okay. And see, that, I mean, that that's the great part about it is that it's so customizable yeah. that you can just make, make it, it work the way you need it to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, it's, uh, I mean, as far as using it for text, we think, you know, we've optimized it. We've got the learning system for that. And, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to learn. I mean, it's, uh, especially if you're comparing it to, let's say, having to learn Braille as an adult, something like that, which of course is quite daunting. Of course, it's a different thing. This is, this is an input device and not an output device, but, um, yeah, but anyway, but it's it's pretty quick to learn. Do you find that that's one of the sort of the hurdles that you have to get over when you're when you're pitching this to people is that they'll look at it and go, well, how is this going to work? Like, I'm going to have to relearn how to type on this. Do you, do you find that you kind of have to talk them? It's 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 definitely a hurdle, but until they put it on, like once you put it on your hand and begin to. Uh, to, to, to tap the letters uh, with the learning game. It's such a great experience. Like people are like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> They're like, um, it feels good. It feels good. It's, it's, you know, one of the nice things is that it is so tactile and people like that. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, opposite of a touch screen, which nobody likes, even sighted people hate it. It's, it's just, it's very, yeah. It feels good, and then they can they you kind of get it. You get it when you try it. So it's um, that that kind of overcomes the the, the obstacle. And and I, look, I was amazed. And we yeah, we thought it was a big obstacle when we discovered that it was like one to two hours. 
we're thrilled. I mean, that's pretty fast, it, <laughs> you it, know, so. It is. It is, absolutely. Well, and I'm just thinking uh, as a blind person myself, and I'm trying to send a text, you know, to somebody, it's, you know, slide my thumb across the keyboard till I find, you know, the character, lift it, go to the next character, lift it, you know, hopefully auto predictions, putting in the right predicted word I want. And, you know, this, you know, this would alleviate all that. Just tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Yeah. It really, I think it's really, um, makes texting just a breeze. It's, it's so much easier. And like, even when you use, um, voice input, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, speak, you know, dictation, one of the problems, um, whether you're sighted or not, is that you, it's what it, ma- it makes the mistake. If you want to fix the mistake, then going back and fixing yep. it is very time consuming. <laughs> yep. So, um, it's, it's, uh, so it's really nice in those situations. It's also really great in situations where you don't want to use voice input because of privacy. If right. you're in public or you're at a class or you're, um, in a, you know, any number of situations that you need it to be more discreet. Mm -hmm. You want it, you know, you don't want anybody to know what you're texting. Mm -hmm. So, or writing in an email or whatever. So it's, it's very, very private. And, um, and, uh, so I think it really supplements having the, the, uh, you know, the voice. Yeah, and I mean, I, um, the, the applications seem to be endless. I mean, I, you know, I'm thinking even just for myself, the fact that you know, I could I could tap on my leg as you're sitting um, on the train or the bus. Well, you know, you know I, for example, I you know my my computer is connected to my my TV um, in the living room, and so I, I will generally you know cruise around the internet or something um, on my big screen TV, and you know I have a wireless keyboard that I use and a, and a wireless mouse. It'd be so great to just have you know, have tap and just be able to, to not only mouse, but, but be able to type just sitting on my couch on my lap. Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of fun. (laughs) It's nice to have. Wow. I'm intrigued. I am too. Like, I'm just thinking about the future and how like, you know, we're going to have smart glasses and, and, you know, and and taps and that's, you know, know, that's, that's going to be. Yeah. Well, it's really, that's really the ultimate application is, is right. Is really input for, you know, the smart glasses and, um, and it's interesting because a lot of the, um, you know, it, 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 uh, for assistive technology, the, some of the smart glasses are, are pushing the way ahead yes. for the, um, for the rest of us. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of an interesting, another interesting crossover technology. Well, I mean, wearables, wearables is the, the new, the new craze right now. And I think that that's because, you know, we're, we're looking for what, what that next jump is going to be. We went from, um, you know, cell phones to smartphones. And that was a, that was a huge jump. And, you know, within five years, smartphones became ubiquitous. Um, and I think that that's, that's sort of the next thing We're we're looking for that next jump. And I think that, that wearables, things like smart glasses, smart watches, tap i think that that is all poised to to be that yeah well we certainly hope so we're we're uh we think that it's it it is coming it's pretty exciting and um it we're seeing you know more and more adoption in various um like especially in enterprise uh, situations where people really um you know 
there's more utility for for you know, having the smart glasses, which can mm-hmm. provide, um, you know, sort of a heads up display for people while they're doing something else. You know, you're a mechanic trying to figure out something. Um, or you're training in the Air Force, or you're on the you know factory floor and you you know need whatever to find some inventory thing. Um, but I think it's uh, so it's 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 I think starting an enterprise more strongly than consumer, but um, I think it'll go to consumer too. Yeah, and so how does the sizing fit? Because I'm assuming you know while we know one size doesn't fit all. Correct. So we have, so it's very, very adjustable. It has these little um, straps. Uh, it's uh, like this little rope on the bottom where you can loosen and like it's like a ring, and each ring is is open on the bottom, which kind of opens and shuts. So we have two sizes that pretty much fit everybody. So from if you're a, um, so most women, so children and most women will take the small um, up to ring size nine. And then most men uh, will order the large, um, and uh, it pretty much will cover everyone, um, unless you have the most <laughs> enormous, you know, fingers. There are there's like a couple of percent that it won't fit well, um, but for most people, the small and large cover everyone, and um, yeah, so. And are there different? Colors? If you're in the middle, there there is a there is a size chart on our uh, website, and you know when you order it, that will um, uh, that it, it's basically it's if that you you can measure across your palm, like right where your fingers hit your palm. If you took a a, a measurement there, like folded a dollar bill in half, which is exactly three inches, by the way. Um, if your hand is smaller. Then the width of that dollar bill, you order a small. If it's bigger, order a large. Okay. And if we wanted to- Oh, and by the way, you know where we got that trick of the dollar bill, which is on the size chart, which is on the website yeah. from one of our blind users? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I had no idea. They were like, you know, um, it was such a good idea. Well, we're in a culture now, too, where a lot of, you know, blind, visually impaired people are, are getting colored canes. So if we wanted to get all blingy, can we get co- different colored rings? Uh, I, we, uh, no, not right now. We <laughs> yeah. only have the, um, it's, it's pretty cool looking, though. It's, it's black with it a little silver, um, I don't know what you call it, it's little silver things on the top of it. So it looks very high tech. It, it does. Great. Well, so if people are interested in, in TAP and, and finding more about it or ordering, uh, where can they go? So please go to the website, which is www.tapwithus.com. So it's tapwithus.com. And you can order right from the website. You can also order on Amazon. Okay. And... Um, yeah, and we'll just uh, get get one sent out to you. Oh, and I don't know. Did you tell? You should probably also say it is one seventy nine um, somewhere. That, I don't know if we said that. No, I but. don't think we we mentioned that. But and that's U S. right? U S. Yeah, U S. Okay, great. But we ship internationally, um, all over the world. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate this. Thank wow. you. All thank right, you. Sabrina, Glad you could join us. 
All right. Take Thanks. care. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. I don't know if I've got the 250 bucks Canadian, but it's, I'm I mean, it's, it's pricey, but it is super cool. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when we were talking to her, uh, I was going through all the different applications for me personally in my head. Right. And I was just like, wow, I, w- I really want one. Um, you know, the fact that you can, you can mouse with your thumb, which essentially would be, you know, kind of like using a rollerball. Yep. Um, but, but to be able to do that on any surface. Well, like um, I was thinking, like I could sit on my couch there with my guitar in my lap and instead of having to juggle the guitar and reach over to the keyboard, to hit R to start recording, you know, I could tap Yes. and it would, my, my audio software would just start recording and I could just start playing, yep. you know, like hands free. We are locked. We've been locked into the same input methods, like I said, yeah. for for many many years. Just basically turning the conventional, you know, keyboard and mouse, you know, into wireless versions, so mm-hmm. that we can use them a little bit more portably and more conveniently. But we haven't really. Nobody's really seemed to have really thought outside the box like this for years and years. So this is exciting. Um, yeah. You know, again, it's it's expensive at this point. But, um, but, but is it really like it's got the haptics built in? So let's just say you're sitting on a bus or a train and you get a, an incoming oh. call or a text, you know, it'll vibrate till you've got a text. You can reply to that text without ever pulling the phone out of your pocket. Oh, I agree. I, I think you that, know? you know, the, the applications are, are endless and I, I'm, yeah, I certainly don't mean to say that it's not worth the mm-hmm, money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that that price point, you know, people, you know, people might bulk, at it. Might bulk a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, when they can, when they can pick up a, a wireless keyboard and mouse, uh, for whatever, like 30 bucks these days. Yep. But, oh my gosh, like I would love one of these things. It's pretty neat. Love one of these things. So, and you know, and that's, you know, again, not even really, that's as a mainstream device, as, mm-hmm. you know, as an AT device, uh, I think this, this is an incredible thing for, for, uh, Everybody. Well, it sounds like it's really thought out. You know, like she was saying, if you're not able to, you know, perform a, a tap, you can go in and customize the key map That's to amazing. make it work for you. You know, it's it's customized for you. Well, and the fact that they've taken, like, you know, obscure letters that they know people don't use all mm-hmm. that much and, and mapped them to awkward shortcuts and taps right uh because like i would not be i would not be sending many emails with the letter j <laughs> that's right <laughs> in it. i just feel like, you know what i'm just gonna use g then you get it gj whatever yeah that's not a misspelling uh no it's you know and you, when you when you when you you know combine that with um word prediction mm-hmm. everybody's just could be typing it like 40 40 words a minute yeah it's interesting. Like so, I said, I'm intrigued. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us online at www.atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email, if they so desire, atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Hey, did we get any email over the break? Not a one. So nobody missed us last week. We nope. didn't have a show last week. I thought our email box would, would explode, flooded with people. Heartbroken that we didn't do a show. Yep. That's sad. Aw. See, it's a thankless job podcasting. <laughs> thankless. They can also find us, of course, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And on all your smart speakers, all the radio apps, check us out. We're everywhere. We are. 
All right, everybody. We want to thank you so much for listening in once again. Happy New Year. Looking forward to 2019 and uh, another, uh, what's four times 12? Quick. 48. 48 episodes <laughs> coming at you. We'll see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Master of the one take.